uh, church, and uh, it's good to see everyone. Uh, well, hear everyone. I guess uh, I guess I should say on the prayer line this morning um, as we worship uh, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and and in doing so, worshiping our Father God as well. Um, we know that uh, the uh, this time that we have uh, on this side of life is short; it's fleeting. Um, but all glory be to God that uh, he has given us the breath of life to wake up this morning and uh, see uh, another Lord's Day. Uh, last uh, Lord's Day we talked about, uh, um, <clears throat> or the base of the lesson was from uh, the book of Matthew, the fourth chapter, uh, the temptation of Jesus Christ uh, while he was in the wilderness, and um, the power and the strength that we can wield uh, via uh, the Word of God, um, with the assistance, certainly, of the Holy Spirit. There is a underlining um, reality that we cannot see. Um, there, are, there are, and I'm not talking about, you know, the, the supernatural world, um, you know, in the sense that, uh, in the way that uh, pop culture speaks about, but we know that there is a, a spirit world, if you will, there are spirits, rather, um, uh, for we know that there is a God, and we all know that God is a spirit. But my point being is that there is another reality to our existence on this planet that, that we cannot see. It's mysterious. Um, but for those who have the gift of the Holy Spirit, um, we're able to see this um, or to discern uh, the spiritual nature of human existence um, and the spiritual nature that uh, of human existence is written in the New Testament scripture that uh, we are um, both flesh and we are spirit. Um, we know that uh, the states in first Corinthians that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We know that when we die that the body goes back to the earth, uh, the spirit goes back to uh, back to God, the one who gave it, and our soul, the inner essence of who we are, um, will reside in one of two places, either in eternal damnation or everlasting life. Um, and I say, I say that because it's hard for the world to entirely come to, come to grips with this, even though they know that, um, that uh, there has to be something beyond the flesh and blood that uh, we all experience every day of every day of our lives if <clears throat> if you have a a bible this morning uh, i want to start off by talking about uh, um, the this the fact that the scripture talks a lot about change and how change is coming for for each and every one of us nothing will remain um, as it is today um, that everything will, will change. Everything that we physically experience on this set of life will come to an end. And uh, as Brother uh, People Jr. read for us in the scripture reading uh, today, the, the scripture tells us that knowing that the end will come, that all things will, will come to an end, what manner of persons ought we to be in conversation and, and also in action? How should we look at the world, but most importantly, how should we deal with the world, knowing that um, all of these things should uh, come to an end. 
Now I want to start off by reading from a passage of scripture in Luke, the second chapter, starting at verse number 41. And if you have a Bible again, Luke, the second chapter, uh, starting at uh, verse number 41. And um, in uh, Luke, the second chapter, it uh, speaks of uh, the boy, um, Jesus. Um, certainly it talks about, uh, um, you know, kind of the, the beginnings of, of Jesus is his journey, um, certainly with David and, Mar David and Mary, um, about uh, her pregnancy, her divine pregnancy. Um, her immaculate conception, um, as they say, um, for she gave birth to Jesus the Christ, um, being a virgin. And in verse number 41 of Luke, the second chapter, it says, Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when Jesus was 12 years old, he went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem. And, jo and Joseph, I'm sorry I said David, but Joseph and his mother knew not of it. But they, supposing him to be, to have been in the company, went a day's journey and they sought him among their kinsfolk and acquaintance. And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem seeking him. And it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his, and his mother said unto him, Son, why hast, thou, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. And he said unto them, How is it that ye sought me? Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? And they understood not the saying which he spake unto them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. And I, I like this particular account because it talks about um, this particular account of Jesus and his uh, upbringing as a child because it talks about or references a number of periods of change that, um, that occur in, in human life and, and certainly um, speaks to the, the type of conversation that we ought to have as Christians relative to our mission and our purpose to uh, spread the gospel wherever it should be heard. And I first want to start off by talking about uh, Jesus and his age. He was 12 years old, um, and uh, um, this was um, based on what, I, what I've what i read here in verse number 42. Um, he uh, accompanied his parents on, on their annual pilgrimage to Jerusalem for the Feast of the Passover, which was uh, again, a, a Jewish custom. And while he was there, um, I imagine, as it says, that there were a number of people who were also making this journey into the, the Holy Land. Um, 
it's very easy for a 12 year old um, to, to be separated from, from his parents and Jesus was no different um, he separated himself and he went into the temple and uh, was found after three days of, of searching by his parents to be in the midst of the uh, religious teachers and, and, and lawyers and if you will um, doctors of Jewish philosophy um, sitting amongst them asking questions and, and responding to questions and what I find um, what I find here is that uh, um, even at 12 year old even at 12 years old um, there is a, a period of change that was going to occur in in the life of Jesus Christ the the young man the young boy and one of the things that he discovered you know sitting in the temple with these uh, with these doctors um, was that he had a connection to the gospel of Jesus Christ uh, or sorry he had a connection to the gospel of God um, he had a connection to the knowledge of God um, so much so that the the doctors at that time were as it says in verse number 47 astonished at his understanding and his answers now when um, Jesus was found by his mother um, she asked him the question why why have you done this why have you kind of gone off gone off on your own without letting us know um, and Jesus responds by where else would I be or where, what else would I be doing other than the business of my father and that happened to me just yesterday with uh, my son he you know he did not respond to phone calls and texts but his response was where else would I be other than where I said I would be and for a parent um, you know that is um, tough to, to swallow and I'm and I'm sure it was tough for for Mary and for Joseph um, and I know it was because um, in verse number 51 <clears throat> that uh, when Jesus uh, continued with uh, his parents back to their homeland in Nazareth and as it says he was subject unto them being a child meaning um, you know he um, was under their um, under their protection and and under under their guidance uh, certainly Jesus was a, a uh, was one who honored his father and his mother who was obedient to them and that's all summed up in that uh, that, that passage of scripture there where it says they, he was subject unto them but his mother kept all of these sayings in her heart you know, she understood that um, there would come a time when her baby um, you know her 12 year old son um, would leave them that change was going to come that the time would come where Jesus would go off and in fact uh, complete his father's business now, um, if you look in the book of Matthew, uh, the first couple of chapters, certainly in the first couple of chapters here in the, um, uh, in the book of Luke, uh, Mary was visited by an angel. And she knew um, the, the special nature of, of, of the child that she was carrying inside her bosom, never mind the fact that uh, she was a virgin. 
but she knew that um, it was only temporary, that she was only going to be um, his mother, you know, in, in the sense of, you know, caring for him and, and making his meals and, and doing all the things that the mothers do for their children while they're young. She knew that the time would come that he would become a man and he would go out and, um, you know, blaze his own path. Uh, the path that was uh, laid out for him, that was predestined, that was prophesied um, in the Old Testament scripture. And if you skip forward <clears throat> in the scripture here, um, in uh, Luke, the fifth chapter, In Luke, the fifth chapter, starting at uh, verse number 12, you know, Jesus, after beginning his, um, his, uh, his ministry, um, it says in the 12th uh, verse of Luke, the fifth chapter, that he was <clears throat> in a certain city. And behold, a man full of leprosy. Um, if, if you don't know what leprosy is, it's a um, it is a, um, a skin condition. Um, my, my study Bible, um, has it here that, uh, this skin condition causes the, um, the skin and, uh, the, the epidermis, right? The, the layers of the skin to slough or fluff off of one's body. Um, it's more than just having dry skin it's actually, you know, after a while, the the upper levels of the skin will actually fall off of the body, and it's it smells um, because um, you know as the the sores that um, that you know are caused from this sloughing off of of the of the skin can get infected. Um, it's highly contagious, um, so those with with leprosy were were shunned. They were Put into sanitariums, if you will, with with other, uh, as they say, lepers to receive treatment. Um, it was once you were afflicted with leprosy. Certainly, in these times, there was no cure for that condition. But we see again that uh, Jesus walking into a certain city, he sees this man, um, or this man who sees him rather, who was full of leprosy besought him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And I like this passage as well because it emphasizes that, um, you know, as we just got through reading with, you know, uh, Jesus and his transition as a child and to a man and, you know, his statement about, you know, I'm not going to be um, your child for very much longer because I need to be about my father's business. You know, this, this change that we all see in our children, in our lives, this, this change from childhood uh, to adulthood, we also see that our physical conditions, you know, our, our youth, um, our relative health um, can change. And in this instance, even when you have poor health, it can change into a condition of good health. And this man, seeing Jesus and the power that he was able to wield, said, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. 
And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately the leprosy departed from him. And he charged him to tell no man, but go and show thyself to the priest and offer for thy cleansing, according as Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. Um, and we know that uh, um, that the, the leper did this. And um, when uh, the... <clears throat> When the priest saw that he was cured of his leprosy, the fame of Jesus Christ increased more and more. But we know that uh, again, this you know this this change that we see this this power that Jesus had um, was meant for a purpose, and that purpose was to uh, redeem the world from their sins. And if you have your Bibles, you can look forward again in, in Luke, the fifth chapter, that after he had healed this man who was uh, stricken with palsy, uh, the Pharisees um, were upset with him because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. And it says in verse number 22 of Luke, the fifth chapter, that Jesus perceived their thoughts and he answered them, said, what reason ye in your hearts? Whether is easier to say thy sins be forgiven thee or to rise up and walk. But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power upon earth to forgive sins. He said unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise and take up thy couch and go into thy house. And this man who was sick of the palsy uh, was able to be restored to uh, the strength to be able to support his own body weight and did just that. But in, in verse number 24, we read here that the son of man hath the power upon earth to forgive sins. And that's another change um, that uh, is, is a reality in the life that we have, is that we have the ability to change from unrighteousness to righteousness. And um, the uh, the book of book of Romans talks about this in uh, Romans the eighth chapter, <clears throat> um, where uh, again it says that while we were yet servants of unrighteousness, we became the servants of righteousness. Um, certainly, um, as it says in uh, verse number eleven, that um, or sorry, verse number ten. That if Christ be in us, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. We are all benefactors of, of change, certainly spiritual change. And that change is, is just as real as any other change. And because we know that um, the time will come where this earth will change from being in existence to being melted down into its elements, what manner of persons ought we to be in in our conversation and our in our manner of living? Solomon um, wrote these words in the book of Ecclesiastes about um, there is a time for for everything under the sun. In chapter three um, of the book of Ecclesiastes, he said, "To everything there is a season and a time; to every purpose." 
under the heaven. And if you read the preceding verses from, from verse number two down to verse number eight, one of the things that becomes self-evident is that there isn't a time where everything remains the same. There's a time to be born. There's a time of death. There's a time to plant, a time to pluck up, as it reads, um, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up. But every time has its purpose under the earth, as it says. Solomon goes on to write here in uh, the third chapter <clears throat> that based on this persistent change um, where, you know, um, nothing remains the same, he says in verse number 12, I know that there is no good in them but for a man to rejoice and to do good in his life, and also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor, it is the gift of God. And the <clears throat> how I read this and how I understand this when I when I hear of this this continued time of change um, and the vanity that that is life because it is in in, in constant motion that uh, Solomon the wise is highlighting to us in the in verse number thirteen that. With change comes an appreciation of the moment. And I would venture to say that that's what Mary did um, while Jesus was subject to him, uh, was subject to her and Joseph. That she understood that there would be a time for death in the life of her son. That there would be a time of, of, of heartache and struggle in the time of her son, but with the moment that she had with him as a young man in Nazareth, she was going to appreciate that to its fullest. Um, you look at, uh, um, you know, this this man who was stricken with leprosy. Um, while his his life certainly was full of heartache, when he had an opportunity to um, be uh, to find remission, if you will, from his, uh, his disease of leprosy. He took hold of it. He took advantage of the moment at which he saw Jesus. You know, continuing on in Luke, the fifth chapter, as we read that there's a man stricken in, with palsy who was unable to get out of his bed, but his family, upon hearing that Jesus was in the, was in the town, they took advantage of the moment because they knew that, you know, nothing remains as it as it is, that that change is just a part of life as anything, as breathing, as eating, sleeping, etc. They made every effort to um, bring their their loved one in front of Jesus for healing so much so that they um, lowered him down through the roof of that house. There is a time and a purpose for everything. But in every time and every purpose, it's important for us to enjoy the good that God has gifted to us, to enjoy today as it is. And that speaks volumes to what Jesus tells us in the book of Matthew about um, worrying and, and stressing and having anxiety over tomorrow. 
You know, as as Jesus says, sufficient unto the day is the evil therein. You know, we it's important for us that uh, as Christians, as we know um, the truth of the matter, that nothing is promised. Tomorrow certainly isn't promised. Um, and with tomorrow being unpromised, that it is important for us to take advantage of the day as we have it um, to, to to honor it. Uh, to take pleasure in it, um, as Solomon wrote here for us in Ecclesiastes, the, the third chapter and verse number 13, but also to do those things that are pleasing in the eyes of God while we have today. And to underscore that, uh, let's go back to uh, the scripture reading. Second um, Peter, the third chapter, starting at uh, verse number 10. In Second uh, Peter, the third chapter, um, I'll start reading actually from verse number 8. Um, in verse number 8, it says, But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. And I think that's important uh, to understand that <clears throat> time is not uh, time with God isn't the same as the time that we experience, um, and and I know that uh, um, the Apostle Peter um, he may or may not be speaking literally, but what he is saying is that um, time with the Lord is is certainly a lot different in the way that we experience it. And he wants us to not be ignorant of this fact. That while we think that, you know, things aren't going to change, um, you know, in God's eyes, it's only but a day. And conversely, you know, one day with um, is with the Lord as a, as a thousand years to us. And I say all that to say this, that if you look back at the Old Testament scripture, that the Israelites were... In, in bondage. And if you, and, and I wish I had a couple of scriptures I could reference for you, but um, for those of you who are students of the scripture, I, I, I know that you know where to, where to find this, but you, you look at uh, the prophecies of, of Isaiah and Jeremiah, um, you'll find that uh, the Israelites were, um, were, were not happy with the speed at which change was occurring. Um, they were in this bondage and, and you know, they were saying, well, is there a God that is, has our father God abandoned us? Because, you know, this past week we're under bondage and, you know, we, we really do want that deliverance like yesterday. And it, it took men, um, prophets of God, like Isaiah and Jeremiah, to highlight um to the, uh, the men and women of that time that God has not forgotten about them. Um, furthermore, God is upset with the fact that, um, that they were not patient in that they turned themselves over to worshiping other gods. And so Peter, again, is, is telling us to not be ignorant of this one thing that, again, a thousand years to us is like one day with God and vice versa. Furthermore, it is important for us not to be ignorant of this fact that God is not slack concerning his promise, 
as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And that's an important thing to highlight, uh, those, those two facts, that time is different with the Lord. And number two, um, even though it takes him a long time, or it may seem like it takes him a long time, he does not, um, he holds his promises, um, he keeps his promises. He's not slack when it comes to those. In verse number 10, um, which is a scripture reading, it says, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also, and the works that are therein, shall be burned up. And that's an important facet, because I think we take for granted the fact that we do have this earth, um, that uh, we almost take for granted that the sun will come up over the horizon on the east and that it will set in the west. Certainly in the first part of 2 Peter the chap- chapter 3 that it speaks to this, that there were those that there are scoffers, if you will, um, that uh, will say, well, the earth is has been around for such and such a time. Why would I expect it to um, end anytime soon? But it's important for us to be ignorant that change is inevitable, that change will happen, that um, the, 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 the key to the mystery of God is that, um, that the Lord will come a second time and that all the things that we see and experience on this side of life will come to an end. Verse number 11 says, Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? And I think that's uh, the, um, you know, the, the key to this lesson is that because we know that the end is approaching, you know, as, as Solomon the Wise wrote in Ecclesiastes, the third chapter, in verse number 13, you know, with this, uh, with the vanity of the experiences that we have in this life, um, because they, they won't last forever, um, how should we deal with it? Well, we should enjoy the time that we have, even this, this phone call, even this moment that we have to worship God. It may be one or all of our last. I was uh, at uh, Sister Wyatt's uh, um, graveside service on Friday. And there were a lot of young people there. There were a lot of old people there. Um, there were a lot of people like me who were kind of in between. And as I'm standing looking at all of these faces, what struck me just really hard was the number of grave sites there were at this cemetery. And the fact that there were that uh, the people that were working at the cemetery were adding one more. And I thought, wow, I, I, I'm just looking at, out, looking at it, all of these monuments, these, these uh, um, that you know, are put in the ground or sticking up out of the ground for, um, in remembrance of a human being that changed from the physical 
um, you know, where their body went to the ground and became uh, returned back to the to the dust from which it came from. For those who um, who lost the spirit of life, it, it went back to the owner, which is God. And and now their soul is wherever it is that God has judged their soul to reside for all eternity. But if you look at a cemetery, you're just amazed at how many people have, have lived and died. And if you want to understand change, go to a cemetery because the evidence is there for you plainly and in broad daylight. That none of us will live forever, that we will die. As the, as the scripture has told us, um, it is promised, accounted unto man once to die, and after that the judgment. Change is promised. And as I'm standing there, I, you know, I'm, I'm looking at uh, these varying ranges of, of human existence as on this Friday afternoon as we were celebrating the life and times of Sister Wyatt. I, I just was thinking how many people are standing or sitting there thinking about, man, I hope this, uh, I, was, I hope this service ends quickly because I'm hungry, it's hot, I'm sweaty, I'm uncomfortable. And just thinking in their brains, when is this service going to end? And the service did end. But in the in-between, they were complaining about the moment instead of appreciating the moment. And how do I know this? Because I was complaining about the moment too. I was standing in the sun, sweating, hungry, and I was thinking, we only got a few more things left. But that's the flesh. You know, that's that's the part of us that um, has no other choice but to be buoyed to uh, this existence that we have on the planet. Um, but we who are spiritual know better. And every single moment that we have to um, on this life is, is one that is truly unique and special, and we should treat it as such. In verse number 12 of Second Peter, the third chapter, it reads, Looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the element shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a new earth, excuse me, look for a new heaven and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace, without spot, and blameless. Also want to read another passage of scripture before I conclude. Um, 2 Timothy. The fourth chapter. And verse number one. It says, I, I, Peter, sorry, Paul told Timothy, I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine, for the time will come 
when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears. And they shall turn away from, excuse me, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch for this change. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. Now, Paul continues on, you know, as, 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 as Solomon the wise mentioned uh, for us in Ecclesiastes, the third chapter, that, you know, that there is a time and a purpose for, for every, everything, every occasion under the sun, every, every moment under the sun. And, and, and Paul is, is telling Timothy that <laughs> this very same thing, that there will be a time when people will change, when their when their um, beliefs will change, when they will not endure sound doctrine, but will turn their turn their ears to uh, uh, a what's the word I'm looking for for an accursed gospel, as uh, Paul references uh, a gospel that has been changed from the original in Galatians the first chapter. <clears throat> But he tells Timothy that with this change, it requires you to consistently do something. And, you know, with with any change that we experience physically in this world, it's important for us to consistently remain faithful to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And what Paul goes on to say in, in this particular chapter, he says, for now the the time of his departure is in hand. You know the uh, the change in in him that this change from life to death uh, was quickly approaching for him. But what he says is is even in spite of all this change, he said that he kept the good fight. He finished his course. He kept the faith. And again, in spite of all this change and keeping the faith in. Um, cherishing the moment, taking advantage of the moment. He said, henceforth, in verse number eight, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous just, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love is apparent. And that's my lesson this morning. Is every single day that uh, we have um, is a special day. It's a unique day. It's important for us to um, not take it for granted because it could be our last. And again, as I stated before, if you um, if you want proof of that, go go to your nearest um, cemetery. Um, there are a number of old people who passed away. There are a number of young people who passed away. There are a number of people in the in between that passed away. There are a number of people who. Woke up that day and said, hey, this is an awesome day. I'm just going to chill out and enjoy it. And by the end of the day, um, they had changed or transitioned from life to death. But while today is today, um, as we just got the reading in the scripture reading, knowing that uh, the end is quickly approaching, let us remain faithful. Let us do the work, 
that uh, we have been charged to, to do while we have today. Um, let us look for the, the coming of Jesus Christ with great anticipation, for we know that that time is coming. If you're here this morning and there, there is some, if there is a transgression that is a part of your story, um, if you're not living as you should, um, if you're not appreciating the time that you have on this side of life as you should, um, those of us who are um, a part of the family of God can pray on your behalf that God will work with you, that he will shore up any weaknesses that you have in your faith, um, and certainly that he will also work with you to help you appreciate uh, today as you have it, because tomorrow may be drastically different um, than you are right now. <clears throat> or where you are right now. So we will sing a song of invitation, and the floor will be open up to anyone who'd like to request a prayer. Um, again, if you have any comments, questions, concerns about today's lesson, uh, please feel free to reach out to me. I'd be more than happy to uh, uh, talk with you offline. Thank you very much for your time and attention.